Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Rose Alice, dancer, choreographer, and creative director of the International Arts Collective here in London. Rose is actually um, currently in the studio, so there's a little bit of uh, studio noise floating around, but we love to have a bit of a, a dance setting for our dance conversations. Hi, Rose. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, <laughs> right, so lovely to talk to you. And so you've just finished in the studio, have you? Yes, it's been a it's been a hot one actually. <laughs> yeah, here in London it's quite warm at the moment, which is yeah. quite nice. Well, you've got a lot of exciting projects um, on on the boil and lots of roles which we need to cover. But first, tell me a little about a little bit about your own dance journey because you grew up in Australia, is that right? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Australia um, until I was about 13, 12, 13, um, and then I trained in France and Switzerland, and then I worked in Asia for a few years, I was in New York for a while, and then just over four years ago, I um, I called, I decided to call London home, um, and have been here ever since, <laughs> so I've had the luxury and the privilege of working with um corporate and events companies as well as you know other choreographers and collaborations with musicians and I've had a very um, unconventional <laughs> career uh, but an incredibly fulfilling one personally um, yeah so I think I I've, yeah, I just I feel very fortunate to um, yeah. have had the journey that I have. Yeah, I mean, in your very um, I'm going to say humble um, uh, summary of your um, your career to date, because you your training that you sort of um, very briefly mentioned there sort of uh, skipped out a couple of things in terms of <laughs> <laughs> you know you were awarded yeah. a, a scholarship that um, took you over to France as you mentioned at the um, at the school in um, Toulouse and you were a finalist in the Prix de Lausanne um, and you're also you've had scholarships to um, you know the Basel Theatre Ballet School so I think you're <laughs> probably doing yourself a little yeah, bit of a dis- it down. yeah, yeah. <laughs> somewhat and and I was also interested to read as well that um in this incredible like you say you know interesting journey that you were also a um a finalist in the so you think you can dance season in Australia <laughs> many many years ago <laughs> many many yeah. years ago is it now yeah yeah, yeah. so it was a while ago <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's quite an interesting um foundation in terms of your training as a dancer and you know and how that informs you as an artist and as a creator because as you say you have danced and trained around the world and you've worked in many different environments and with different choreographers and under different tra- in different training environments um, how has that sort of influenced you as a dancer and as a as a creator as well no I think I I'm very 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 grateful that I am a classically trained dancer that's my first and foremost however I feel like um, probably about nine years ago I just got to a point where I thought I think I want to explore a little bit more of my own creation and everything and I happened to be um, in Asia at the time working in Hong Kong and Singapore and and China with um, people that were I guess a little bit more on the commercial side of things um, 
that hadn't really worked with ballet people before as much. And so that we formed this really interesting kind of, um, I guess, dialogue through movement um, from these two different parts of the industry. And I really feel like from that point, I kind of catapulted into um, growing into the artist that I am now, which is just an incredibly outside the box, uh, classically trained contemporary mover, human being thing. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, that's an incredibly, I feel incredibly empowered, I think, by the, even if it's not always um, seen on a stage or on film, um, but that I have that creative freedom and, I, and I've got the foundation of, of a very strong and very, um, you know, very, very classical technique to give me the freedom to be able to collaborate on stage and film with artists that are in all genres and which has also obviously led me to be able to, you know, start a company that can celebrate the originality of different artists as well within collaboration. So it's, it's I think that my, uh, I think I've always been a collaborator at heart with people in general, um, but in the past few years, it's become really clear to me that what fuels me is collaborating with musicians and with, mm -hmm. with dancers that aren't of my background and, you know, people that can do things that I can't do. And, you know, like I get inspired by things that I haven't seen or I haven't done or that I can find some kind of synchronicity with um, to create something that potentially hasn't been done before or something that, even if it has been done before, feels original to the people in the room. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> very roundabout um, way to your, answer to your question. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what what inspired you to sort of start creating your own work in the first place? Um, because often not, not all dancers decide that, you know, they want to start choreographing or, you know, doing the collaborations. What inspired you? I think I've always, even from a young age, wanted to, you know, choreograph. Um, I'd get in the studio and, and, and improvise until midnight and, and those kinds of things. And then I think when I got to London, it was kind of this, um, I guess, a bit of a shift for me um, as to like where I wanted to sit within the industry. And I realized that in a very short time, I had some incredible um, opportunity is the wrong word, but incredible uh, people gravitate towards me that gave me a platform or the opportunity to create on them or to create with them. And from there, I kind of just, I guess I was like caught a bug. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I actually just, I love creating um, on work for myself or work on other people. Um, and that for me now, I find more fulfilling than just the dancing. You know, if I can choreograph something and perform it, it's like a different, it, it, for me, it's a different level of um, freedom, I guess, in a way. Uh, in saying that I still love to be created on, um, but it's just a very different it's a different kind of uh different kind of euphoria i guess mm -hmm. when you have complete freedom of of the whole process mm -hmm. but i don't think it was a moment where i actually thought oh i want to choreograph now it, it was kind of a natural progression of what it, yeah it was very much a natural progression just into doing this mm -hmm. um yeah yeah and you mentioned you're obviously a classically trained dancer but within you know you've got obviously the experience and interest in contemporary dance and working with other different collaborators but how would you describe the, your your choreography and your work for people who are sort of listening and thinking well I wonder sort of what that would look like or feel like I think it is uh quite extreme physically uh so I'd say that it's uh very much New York style contemporary ballet on a technical level 
but with a more human approach um, in the sense that I don't always do a narrative or follow a narrative. I'm very much emotion-led in how I operate and as a human and also and how I create as well. So I think that it is very, um, yeah, like physically extreme, but coming from a very raw place. So it's somewhere between um, a narrative and something abstract. I think it's, yeah, I kind of sit in the middle mm. of, of that because uh, it's not that there isn't a storyline, but I also always want an audience or whoever is watching to take their own version of it. I don't want to give someone a story. So I think it is, yeah, classically contemporary ballet, um, physically pushing the limits of, you know, the human mm. body. So wow. much shocking. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, just but being very much fueled by whatever, like whatever emotion is, is key at that point in time as opposed to, having to do lots of steps you know i think the steps again it's a progression of whatever that emotional thought process is and and yeah. t- and, and tell me about the collaborations and particularly i'm interested um in the the musical collaborations because you seem to work or have chosen to sort of work with some interesting artists and even djs um so <laughs> you know tell me about you know how how this sort of interacts for you how the, the musical <laughs> elements I think as well, I, I realized, again, a few years ago that I obviously draw inspiration from dancers, but it was the musicians um, that were even just accom- uh, accompanying ballet classes and things like that that I really felt this really strong connection to. And uh, it's been, for me, it's the most fulfilling thing in the creative process to actually compose with, um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to work with two incredible pianists, um, Al McSween and Beck Molly, who are you know, kind of, I guess, a bit like me in in the training sense, you know, they trained in classical and jazz, but they're both, you know, they do world music, they do improvisation, they do all these things. So there's this freedom, this newfound freedom when you get into a studio and have a jam, (laughs) basically. Um, You know, it's literally my favorite thing to do, like get in the studio with with a couple of musicians and just improvise, and they improvise and I improvise. Um, And then we find these, these, these common common hooks of these things that we can then you know evolve into something and again I I, all of these people that I work with have just been playing for a ballet class or you know I've seen them at one of their gigs and I've gone up and been the crazy person that's like do you want to do you want to make something (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah and then from there I mean on top of having some wonderful friendships you know there's this um, newfound creative connection um, which takes my work to another level and, and I like to think that gives them a bit of freedom as well to also like play around with a different type of artist not always just jamming with musicians so you need to jam with dancers and stuff as well so it keeps it interesting and I feel like every, it makes the work a bit more alive if that makes sense like yeah. there's a different kind of en- energy when you when you have a musician on stage with you not in an orchestra pit or anything like that like if they're literally standing next to you or, or sat next to you there's just a different kind of energy um, to bring which is, yeah, really special. And those, these collaborations have led to you working in a number of different mediums and doing some really exciting projects. What have been some of the highlights for you so far? And I, I know you do quite a, a bit of film work as well. What's been a, a sort of really a, a highlight in, in your career so far? Uh, I'd have to say producing my, my two shows in London is definitely up there, even though it's... Uh, you know, and they not, they're not long projects. Um, that's been really special. But then also, I did a collaboration with um, 
Dr. Zhang Yimao mm-hmm. and uh, CPG Concepts, which was in China last year. And I basically danced with 600 kinetic lights um, with a team called White Void from Berlin. And this collaboration was me dancing with 600 kinetic lights, basically chasing me around. And, and there was the lights were as choreographed as I was. Um, and, you know, those kind of elements, it just takes, it's a completely different thought process. It's a completely different, um, I guess, respect and understanding for what other creatives in the tech world also can bring to a piece. Um, and, you know, that was quite spectacular to, you know, work alongside the, the creatives at CPG Concepts, as they're, they're friends of mine, we've been working together for years, but then to have a visionary like Zhang Yimao, um, you know, do a theatre show for the first time ever and to have the uh, the privilege of, of closing his show um, with this team of, of, of kinetic lights. <laughs> it's just like one of those things where you have wow. to pinch yourself and go, wow, that, that happened. <laughs> it sounds um, truly incredible. It really does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not been boring. <laughs> <laughs> and and tell, tell us about your sort of, um, your interest in, in film. And I love that you also have this interest between dance and tech um, as well. And, you know, to see how, what can be created and what is the art of the possible and, you know, where, you know, tech will help dance go and vice versa. So tell us about those sort, those interests as well a bit more. Okay. I think uh, it's interesting. I've had many conversations. I actually did a project for the Victorian Albert Museum, um, which was a collaboration with Robotics. And I sat with engineers in a factory in Manchester uh, and actually choreographed robots. Wow. <laughs> um, and then we, we did 82 shows. Myself and um, Merrick Moore did, did 82 shows in 10 days um, within the London Design Festival. And it was really interesting because that process was inc- like what those robots and, and those people can do is still, my mind is just blown. But what's really interesting is that they still cannot function without some kind of human input. Mm. And I like to think that even though these technical aspects of robot, robots or holograms or, you know, kinetic lights or even, you know, some tech music and everything like that, it still cannot be done without without a human element. Um, so trying to play around with utilizing both sides uh, to their maximum mm. <laughs> without... Um, without letting one overpower the other, I think is, is as artists now, anyone that's doing collaborations will understand um, that that's a massive thing. You know, you don't want to overpower, you know, the, the phenomenal technology that is in front of you. But at the same time, it wouldn't be a creation without an original idea from a human being. Yeah. So I, I you know, like even, even if we can't do what robots can do, well, robots wouldn't exist without human yeah. thinking to make them, you know, so that's, like I, I truly believe that it's going to take you know, you know, stage shows and arena shows and all of those kind of things mm-hmm. to the next level. But I also love that none of that can happen without some kind of human input. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that's a that's a really um, big thing for me. And uh, oh, and film. Yeah, I didn't expect. I never kind of planned to really work on film, and I have been fortunate and blessed enough to have done uh, multiple music videos with a few people um, when I first moved to London, actually. And from there, I managed to uh, just build some really nice relationships with directors and, and um, photographers that I was working with and cinematographers that I was working with. And, you know, I choreographed my first feature film 
which I had the whole company in at the beginning of the year. Um, and I've done a couple of other projects which haven't been released yet that have been um, quite quite breathtaking in, in, in every sense. And it's been a big learning curve for me that I actually genuinely love to choreograph a film more than stage. Wow. And yeah, and why do you, yeah, why do you think, yeah, why do you think that is? Like, what, what is the appeal for film versus stage? Because film is timeless. Mm. You know, like, in, in a sense, it's more timeless. You know, when we do, also, I get very nervous. I, don't, I feel like most people wouldn't say that, but I get so incredibly nervous before I perform that a part of it, ta- it takes a little bit of the, the enjoyment out of it. Whereas if you're, if you're working on film, it's a constant... Um, back and forth between you and the director there's multiple takes you might do the same thing 25 times over 15 hours but <laughs> you, you you have this constant um, constant creative process even when it's finished and mm. that for me is really interesting because I I mean most dances I think if you don't ever do film like you rehearse and then you perform and then mm. it's finished mm-hmm. whereas with film stuff it's kind of ongoing um, and you know even when it's done a lot of the time then it gets taken to festivals so there's still always something kind of around it um, which I find is it's all of the good parts for me you know, mm-hmm. I, I like the grit I like the grit of, of what mm. of, of this industry and the dance and you know I would happily be in a, in a studio with some musicians and a couple of dancers for the rest of my life um, so for me film is the closest thing to that <laughs> working on film is the closest thing to that um, and we get to bring things to life so very and, exciting and how does it change your process as a creator as well um, in terms of the choreography that you do does, do you think it changes the, your work or your inspiration Absolutely. yeah yeah I think that needs to be almost not more finesse, but there needs to be a different approach to whatever the actual physical step is because you have to make sure that you're being seen, you're only showing what you want seen, which you don't have the luxury of that on stage because everything is seen. Um, so it, I think it takes a little bit more time, but it also gives you this really interesting way to be able to show people only what's in your head mm. <laughs> if that makes sense yeah. you, know, you, can, you can be a little bit more selective as to you know okay at this point in time I only want to see her right eye mm. whereas on stage unless you have incredible lighting you mm. can't always do that whereas with film if you're if you have a nice relationship with your crew you can you can make those things happen which can then I think really change the end product um, yeah it sounds really, really interesting. Like I, I've got this vision now of this dancer <laughs> and this eye being zoomed into. <laughs> yeah, I do as well now. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, now I want to work with mm. eyes. <laughs> Such a fantastic idea. Um, so tell me, um, you founded the International Arts Collective, um, which was, I understand, previously called the London Contemporary Ballet Theatre. Is that right? Correct. Yes. yes so tell me about and I love the new name the International Arts Collective it's not that new because you've been it's been around since 2015 um, but what inspired you um, to uh, sort of found this company and to grow it into the International Arts Collective I think I just felt at some point in time that I didn't want to fight not quite fitting in artistically mm-hmm. and I and I found that I had quite a few like-minded others starting to gravitate towards me even just to do classes or workshops or even just get in the studio and play and I, I kind of thought you know with 
the volume of people that I work with and clients and stuff that I have abroad, maybe maybe I can I can start something and I can shift the way that that dancers have freedom or the way, way that they're treated, you know, and mm. little things like that because I'm still in it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and um, yeah, and, you know, I, I spoke to a couple of my clients overseas and within uh, a week, actually, after calling them and be like, I'm going to start a company, <laughs> they were like, cool, can you can you fly to uh, China with, with eight girls in a week for Tiffany & Co? And I was like, oh, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My goodness, that sounds like, that's a trip I want to go on. Next time you get that call, yeah. you ring me. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a call. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of um, that was kind of it. And I think wow. from there, you know, it was it, it's been a, quite a fight for me because obviously, you know, we don't have any funding or anything mm. like that. And you know, the two, I mean, apart from the shows we do overseas are through clients, so obviously mm. that's not a problem. But when I did Human, my first production in 2016, and then Free um, in June you know, that's completely about the people involved and mm-hmm. about sharing what we do with an audience. And, you know, I, I have sacrificed and risked everything personally to make sure that there's nothing but good energy and good rapport within the team, what's put out, like all of those things. And I think, you know, it's been a few years to, you know, obviously find the right team and also mm-hmm. doing the brand change was because, Whenever we're not always in London, you know, we, mm. we are more collaborative. We're not just a ballet company, you know, we have musicians, we have videographers, we have, you know, so I think making it broader allows me to, you know, fly to New York for a week and do a collaboration with two dancers there and, and it falls under that umbrella. And, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things to basically celebrate individual artists um, as much as possible while having them in a safe environment. I mean, safer than like, you know, having that freedom to mm. make mistakes and go wrong and have no judgment. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I have to say like, there's many things about the International Arts Collective that I love. Um, but one of those, um, setting aside my absolute love of ballet, fashion and cinematography and all together, <laughs> <laughs> literally it's like my favorite things. But yeah, I, I love cool. also, yeah, very cool. But I also love that like on your website, for those who want to check it out, absolutely go to internationalartscollective.com. And it says here that um, it talks about the talent and the ability that is, cannot be defined by a specific country, race, or culture. And I think this is so wonderful in, you know, today's modern world, you know, in terms of how dance, you know, sort of the tapestry of dance is so, you know, so rich and so varied by having so many different um, types of people involved in the industry and the creation and, and the exploration of dance and dance work. And so I, I really love that about the, what the company does. And I love that line on, on the website. It's about acceptance, isn't it? You yeah. know, I think, I think as, uh, I mean, forget about the dance industry, just in general. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, earth, the, the earth industry. Yeah. <laughs> humanity. So earth, humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about acceptance. And I think, you know, if, if I, I'm a very small, I'm just a very minute part of it. But if I can generate um, a positive outlook or an acceptance of another human or the acceptance of an artist that potentially hasn't got any jobs from auditions, even because they just don't quite fit mm-hmm. in, or, yeah. you know, it's like those, those little things. If I can just shift that one, just for one small group of people mm-hmm. and we end up traveling all over the world and and sharing that information or sharing that kindness and compassion and understanding of 
how you, how incredibly beautiful it is to be so unique. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, for me, all of the risk and everything is worth it for that ripple effect hopefully happening. Um, we because, need- yeah, you know, we're in a difficult time yeah. as, as humans, and I think, you know, as artists, we need we have a responsibility to use our gift to share, even if it is just a glimmer of hope or something mm. like that, um, with as many people as we can. I couldn't yeah. agree. I couldn't agree more. And we need more people like you, Rose, <laughs> who, who, are out, who are out there um, at least trying to, you know, share some hopeful glimmers around the world. And it sounds like you are all around the world at various stages. Um, and you've, your role, you know, as creative director, you've got a lot going on. Um, you must have an exceptionally... Um, like difficult schedule how do you sort of you know balance all of the different well for you it sounds like all these amazing ideas and these amazing projects and amazing sort of collaborations how do you balance all of that and and dedicate yourself to it I just drive my friends mad no I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) Um, I well no actually yes I do Uh, (laughs) honestly I think you know and this is it sounds super deep but I I'm very very grateful that I have a purpose in life um, that isn't necessarily a person or a place or an object and so for me it's not necessarily I don't ever feel like I'm juggling multiple things I I thrive off being busy as long as the projects are filled with the right people and the right the right uh, morals and the right you know I you know this but the show that I just did in June you know that we everything you know, we're perfectly honest you know I'm, honesty is um, my biggest thing and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fiercely loyal and I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. fiercely honest and everything that could have gone wrong two weeks before our show on the business side went wrong really <laughs> and I basically had I had the option of don't do it or stick to your word to your team and to everyone and just figure it out yeah and I and and then so I obviously chose the latter and you know and I have absorbed absorbed so much because of that but the outcome of even if you know we didn't have a million people in the audience or you know all of those things there's a I haven't seen one person that came to the show or has seen bits about the show or anything like that that hasn't been like we just we just we, we, we felt so much we didn't know whether to cry or to you know all of those things and for me that it's those little things that make it worth it and like I, if you can leave an imprint on someone it doesn't matter how how many hours you've been awake it doesn't matter you know mm. how many projects you've juggled it doesn't matter if I'm covering mm. everyone in London's classes to pay my <laughs> rent in order to do this like that it doesn't matter if mm. your purpose and your vision is clear and it's coming from a good place um yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I'm saying this now and I'm still debilitatingly stressed from, you know, the aftermath of what I'm still trying to, you know, figure out post-show. But there is the, the, the good, not good is the wrong word, but the, the positive mm-hmm. uh, impact that it's had as opposed to the negative is mm-hmm. still like there is no comparison. So yeah. it's... It, it's all it's all worth it. It's all, and you know, from an audience's perspective, you know, dance can it does leave an indelible mark on on your soul. You know, when you see something that really resonates with you, um, you know, it, you carry it forever. And I, I've talked about this before because, it, you know, it, 
I I still can I can reel off all the all the pieces that have really touched me, which I I, I think you know walking down the street, and you think about this all of a sudden, and you just think, mm. you know, and it does move and change you, and to to be able to as you say have that passion and to be able to have that purpose in your life, like thank goodness because you know we want people you know to be able to make those marks and make those changes and and to challenge us and to make us think about you know humanity and and life and the times in which we live in and. And to be inspired and and so yes please don't ever stop <laughs> <laughs> thank Des- you I needed to hear that today. <laughs> despite all the challenges yes um, and yeah. you know it must be really you know obviously funding in the arts you know globally is difficult and in the UK of course like all, you know all government funding is so very tight and the arts funding is ever ever diminishing and it's so hard to get funding for independent companies and independent projects and I know you talked about some of the financial you know sort of you know collapses just before your your show that was a huge challenge for you but it must be quite difficult like you say to sort of keep this um, going um, within this um, sort of tight times really. Yeah I think you know it is all learning and everything as well I think there is there's kind of two ways that you can go about it. You can keep fighting and, and you know, keep doing all the applications and not just with council funding, mm. like, you know, where, where, you know, reaching out to, like, private investors and all these kinds of things. But then also there comes the point in time where you have to just create something. Mm. And I'm kind of, you know, at the moment, you know, once I've fixed and dug out of everything from, from this past show, like, there, there's nothing that's going to stop me from continuing to create. And I think, you know, it might have to be, you know, uh, until we have, you know, a decent backer. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have to be on a slightly smaller scale, you know, maybe it's just, a, you know, a musician and a couple of dancers and those kind of things until we can get ahead. But if, I guess it's the beautiful thing about the art. Like, no one can stop you from doing it. Like, mm. you can do it anywhere. Mm. Like, I, I, I love to dance in the rain. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't need we don't need much to Mm. be able to do what we do and I think a lot of people forget that because you know we're so used to having to be in a studio you go to class to train you know you should go to class because you love to dance and if you have a classroom that's an incredible gift if you don't you can still do it outside (laughs) you know like there's there's a there needs to be a bit more perspective I think and an openness Mm. Um, to the way people that approach it um, in order for it to keep going. I mean, um, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to have partnered with Onyx Dance Studio um, and I've actually been coming on board with with them uh, very shortly, um, actually with the studio as well to help, you know, again, just kind of build a community within within London Mm -hmm. of, you know, giving artists more space to create. That's basically what we want to do. We want to we want to have people feel like they have a home and to want to spend the day there and not just come in and do a class and leave and, mm. and those kind of things. So um, I think I've I've gravitated very much towards, you know, uh, Dane Ram, who is the managing director of Onyx, and he and I have become very close because we have very similar morals. So, you know, if nothing else out of this stressful time, you know, is, mm. is um, meant to happen, that like this collaboration long-term is, you know, we have now two heads, not one, you know, yeah. fighting for this. So, yeah, and, and, a, and a worthy and a worthy fight. And, and I love that that you know the you know the building of a community within London of particularly the independent artists as well, and bringing people together and and you know providing more space for more 
sort of, I guess, independent um, pieces to be created as well. It's Yeah, ab- absolutely. And also I think people, and I, <laughs> I, if I could say, if any young listeners uh, are out there... <laughs> mm-hmm, please do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't have to have a reason to, to dance. If that makes sense, so you don't you don't have to train just because you have an audition. You don't have to wait for an opportunity to come up for you to do your craft. You know, you have to build a community, not network. You want to build relationships mm. with people all over the world so that you can do your art form anywhere with mm. as many people as possible. You know, if you if you're lucky enough to have a full time job with this in this industry, that's amazing. But even some of my dear friends who have been in ballet companies for the past decade they still reach out to do creative projects because everyone needs to have as much of an outlet as possible. So I just, I think that it's the one, one thing that if I could say to, and I say this to, you know, some of my, my little apprentices, you know, you don't have to, don't wait for someone to give you the green light. Just do it. Don't think, just do, <laughs> you know, you have to, if you want to be a pioneer and leave a legacy and do those types of things. You know, no one's going to hand it to you. You have to be willing to, maybe absorb a bit of risk or make some sacrifices and then you have like there is no one or nothing stopping you from creating so that is yeah the fantastic words of advice i have to say and you sort of preempted one of my my questions that i always ask which is about the advice so you know we sort of uh, thinking (laughs) (laughs) as i was thinking it i was like actually if anyone if I wanted any advice from someone when I was, you know, mm. 17, 18, that, that's what it would be, you know, not, not having to, you don't always have to wait for an audition, audition season to come up to start to build your community to be creative, you know. Um, start building, reaching out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah start but reaching out now, go to classes and, and actually speak to people, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, those types of things people remember and, I know it's not just me as well, like there's quite a few um, artistic directors and, and other creative directors and choreographers that I've worked with all over the world and all of us agree that we would rather work with someone who is a kind and mm. genuine person. So if they know you, <laughs> you know, you're already you're already halfway there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't under underestimate the value of kindness. <laughs> I, I think in this no. world, I have to say, um, kindness is uh, it's so imp- so very important. But let's talk about the projects maybe that you're going to be working on next. Um, what's coming up for your, for you and for the International Arts Collective? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, um, so basically, from three, we are. At- uh, trying to um, get it into as many festivals as possible for 2020. Um, we also have uh, a couple of collaborations with um, some fashion fashion brands, um, which are in the process as well at the moment. Um, but ultimately, we so I did choreograph and had the whole company in a, a feature film, which I mentioned before, which mm-hmm. is called Love Sarah, um, which is an absolutely beautiful um, indie indie film. Um, and that will be released in January of 2019. So I, I, there's kind of, um, the rest of the year, I think it's going to be, we're going to be a little bit more quiet, <laughs> um, just because it's going to be a lot of working progress things and, and obviously just trying to um, build up for what is coming in 2020. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I hold workshops for charity, um, you know, twice a year. We're holding one on Sunday, which is um, going to be amazing. And, yeah, trying to, I think, you know, 
for me, it, it's very much keeping that um, that family unit, but mm-hmm. also having the resource and also having it in the right places. Um, so, yeah, that was a very roundabout, um, vague answer, but it's kind of like everything at the moment is kind of in 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 the process. Um, mm. if, if we'd spoken a week before my show, my, my <laughs> <laughs> I w- okay, I wouldn't have been this calm. So <laughs> I would have been like, oh my god, come to free, but you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's you know what that show is, and you know, it's an incredible, I think, an incredibly powerful piece of work, and that is because I've given choreographically. A group of very talented people a skeleton and an emotion and they've run with it um and so and i want as many people on the planet to see that and feel something as possible so at the moment we're, we're working on having a few different versions of it so maybe a version that we have one musician and then four dancers and mm-hmm. then the whole team and so that we can actually take it to as many festivals mm-hmm. and, and places as possible um, yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like you've got you know quite a quite a busy rest of this year. Um, a big another big year in 2020, and some some pieces um, that you know people around the world might be lucky enough to be able to see in in festivals um, as as the work gets uh, toured around, hopefully. And we all love to follow your journey. I know that um, I will be following your journey and seeing what you're you're up to and looking out for the indie film. Um, And I'm sure we can follow you on Instagram as well, on Rose Alice Official. Um, and also check out the website for internationalartscollective.com and their Instagram at International Arts Collective. Now, with all of the different projects that you've got on the boil, did we cover them all? Is there anything else that we, we should make sure that we do not forget to talk about? I would hate uh, no, to... I think, no, I think for now that's, that's, that's everything that's kind of up and coming, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, we post, uh, we try and post as much content as possible, um, about any projects that we have on Instagram and Facebook and the website. And, you know, we, I, we, we all just want people, we want to share what we do with as many people as possible. So yeah, anything that comes up, we will keep everyone informed. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely be following you. And I know that listeners will be checking you out and following your journey as well. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Rose. And I will, yep. I will chat with you on Instagram. Thanks very much. Sounds perfect. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.